<laughs> Welcome to Sam Maggie Hakely. I'm Sam. And I'm Maggie. This is a podcast where we watch the television show Glee. Yes. And yep. yeah, I just, I, today has been fun because it's really like beat it into me that like I've surrounded myself with people who love like power tripping me by being mm. like, let's do something. And then I'm, I get ready. And then they are like, oh, wait, I have to do something. And then another thing. And it's fine. Like, it's not a big oh, problem. It, I'm, is it? Is that in regards to me? Are you well, like it's you, subtly but, calling me out it's on also, the podcast? But also Chris does the same thing where he'll be like, let's go do this mm. thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. And he's like, oh, I have to go poop. And I'm like, okay. That is literally what happened like five <laughs> minutes ago before the recording of this podcast. And I feel really exposed. <laughs> well, it's just, um, it's just that like I have multiple people in my life who do this to me. So obviously it's a me thing. <laughs> I'm well no now you're just like <laughs> now you're just like egging for an apology no and... no I'm not fishing for anything I just wanted to let everyone know <laughs> that I you am just want to let everyone know that you have been cucked for all of these experiences because of bowel movements yes sorry um and I mean it's fitting because today's episode is season five, episode nine. Is one frenemies big bowel movement, <laughs> but not, but not in a bad way, like a really satisfying one. Oh my god! Um, like seriously though, I we me and Chris watched this episode earlier this week, and I yeah. I was so tempted to just actually be like, I think this might be one of the best episodes of Glee. like season five is turning out. What to, is like, like season five is fire? What the fuck? It's so <laughs> good, like, like, and I know our show is called Sam and Maggie Hate Glee, and like we're supposed to. Hate hated or whatever but seriously season five is shaping up to be like a really good season of television it's really like good like it's just the, the yeah the problem is, is that you need like the context of the rest of the show yeah to like really appreciate it, it good yeah i yeah I, I agree that that's something i was thinking about in like comparing this to season one like season one is really good because it's absurd and very like like off the wall and that's true yeah for, and like yeah. the the cliches haven't gotten old right yet <laughs> <laughs> right they're starting the cliches instead of just using them but um yeah like with this season it feels very similar to season one but i think part of the reason that it is so satisfying is that it does draw on a lot of the fact that the show is in its fifth season and like yeah, yeah. and they're, they're actually acknowledging like the past yes. of these characters yes um which shouldn't feel so out of place <laughs> um in glee because that's how like storytelling's supposed to work um yes but like i you know i just i just find this I'm finding season five very compelling. <laughs> yes. And like, here's, okay. So here, let me, let me just lay some stats because I think this will also help set up one of the reasons why I feel like this discussion needs more context. Cause this originally aired on February 25th, 2014. Um, and it had 2.99 million viewers, which is down from 3.29 million, which is like, like not record lows, but like real close to being a record low. <laughs> like, um, and I, yeah. I mean, this is where I dropped off too. Right. Was that like around the beginning of season five? And you want to know why I think I did was because of all the fucking hiatuses. Yes. Like they were always off air. Yeah. To, so, so to clarify, because this is February 25th. The last episode came out on, let me just check the exact date. Um, December 5th. So there was a full two and a half months between 
this episode wow. and the episode before. And also, as a reminder, the episode before this one was the like fake flashback Christmas episode. So not relevant to the plot at wow. all. So like, yeah, if I was watching this while it was on TV, I'd be fucking pissed because this is like, oh yeah, they're taking so long. And like, I think we have such a great advantage of being able to just binge it and watch it like back to back each week. And if it had been airing each week, I feel like it might've gotten more like press. Like I feel like people would have been more psyched about it, but unfortunately, totally like, like this story is good, but if it's over like this full span of months, like I can't, I wouldn't be able to keep up with this. Oh no. And I think, cause the thing is, is that each episode of Glee, while it is good, still frustrates me. (laughs) In ways that, like, I want to watch the next episode sure. relatively soon. Right. Um, yeah. Because, it like, by its nature, there's not a lot of, like, resolution mm-hmm. within storylines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, per scene or episode. Um, there is some resolution here. But, you know, like, I want to watch the next one. Right. I don't want to wait two fucking months. Yeah. Which, um, yeah, I mean, it's really Yeah, so it was written by uh, Ned Martell. Directed by Bradley Buker, some of the greats. Well, uh, Ned Martell, I don't think we've had him write an episode no, before. We, but he's never written an episode before. Um, but Brad Buker has right. directed directed many an episode, and um, he makes some fun choices this episode as well. Um, <laughs> yes, that's that's really sort of his move is to just be like, um, yeah, let's let's try this. <laughs> yes, no, I, I have some artistic yeah. consistency. Fuck that. And I'm over here like, yeah, fuck that. Cause <laughs> well, what are you being there's consistent legit with? No need. Yeah, exactly. Consistent so. with like the shaky cam, oh, right. like the shaky close up cam. E- exactly. Which... <laughs> and Brad Buker is like, no, stop. <laughs> this is not. Instead, I'm going to put the camera in front of Leah Michelle's face and have her stare right into it as she delivers her final monologue. Oh my God. Perfect. No, we're, and then, we're gonna... and then everyone was like, really, you're going to do that, Brad. Um, <laughs> what a, what a right. strange artist choice now yeah we'll, we'll get okay, to that Mr. Buker. I'm, I'm very excited but um in the let, let's let's start let's start at the top of the episode as, as we normally do um it's the recap it's still here which is upsetting but like the I, yeah i mean my favorite is the so just a it, it covers funny girl rachel's doing that um yeah the those poor new direction students are trapped in this eternal discussion of when what they're gonna do after they graduate um <laughs> and then <laughs> And yeah. um and then the recap calls Elliot, aka Starchild, aka Adam Lambert, uh, glam rock Ebenezer Scrooge, which which I mean is quite the title. Yeah. I mean I don't think it's correct because like <laughs> I feel like Ebenezer Scrooge, um his most iconic look is like a sleeping cap and a nightgown. Oh sure, um, yeah. Which is not Elliot's vibe in the slightest <laughs> no i think i'm pretty sure he sleeps in the nude yeah i'm pretty sure i think what they're trying to go for with that is that it's like victorian-esque but mm. and like rich looking maybe but the thing is we only saw him in that outfit once every other time we've seen elliot he's been like pretty normcore like yeah so super normal looking yeah did you um did you know that all of the the Fab Five from Queer Eye sleep in the nude. Every oh, single one of them. I think I saw that, inter- that except, like interview. Yeah. Except Bobby. I'm pretty sure Bobby doesn't. Yeah. Um. He was like the only one who was like, "Oh, I like, I like soft long sleeve t-shirts." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, Bobby. Of course you do. Yeah. So- 
Oh. Sweet. Yes. Um, but yeah, the, the reason that um, Elliot comes up is because apparently, and this has mostly been done off screen, I guess. Um, yeah, this has been done off screen and um, only in this recap, sort of. <laughs> yeah, um, Starchild is coming for Kurt's spotlight, which I guess was kind of covered. But um, Kurt seems to be getting more worried about the fact that Starchild is better at it than yeah. him at everything. So. Yeah, I mean, I I can understand feeling threatened. Um, <laughs> yes, but also like his fiance is the same sort of like a star hogging, I... spotlight grabbing kind of vibe. Yes. So well, he, I feel like he should be used to it. Maggie, I have some words about that. I'm so excited that they include it. Like it's gonna be great. Yeah. So me too. Yeah. So okay. Let's get yeah. Into let's this. get right into it. We're in the diner, the spotlight diner. Uh, Rachel and Santana are working their shift. Santana has a really terrible interaction with a customer. Yeah. Um, she's super racist yep. and like starts off their conversation by speaking in broken Spanish yes. to Santana. And Santana's like, um, I speak English. Yeah. Isn't she? Uh, well, and yeah, this person yeah. is like, oh, I thought you were Mexican. Yeah. Oh, and Santana's like, well, I'm from Ohio. So. Well, yeah. So I, I titled the scene, Karen is racist. Obviously, this old white woman is named <laughs> oh, Karen. Her name is absolutely Karen. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we find out. So she she's talking about how her eggs aren't hot enough, which we get like a weird, fun, like sound effect of sizzling eggs. Um, and, and like a camera bird's eye view of the plate. And it like spins down to get a closer shot. Of yeah. the eggs, which are like steaming, like I mean, it's what what it, she makes a comment about how she wants to make sure her eggs don't have parasites because she doesn't want to get salmonella. Yeah, which is funny, I guess, but wrong. It, it, I mean, well, it's funny because you know salmonella is not para, but anyway. Um, so Santana takes the eggs back and she starts, and Rachel, yeah. Rachel's like, "Wow, I thought you're gonna go all Lima Heights." <laughs> on... <laughs> On that woman. Yeah. And then Santana's like, no, I need to keep this job because I'm saving up for a noose. Yeah, um, which, yeah it's, it's pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. Cause, so here's the thing. So we, we got a clip of this in the recap, but you'll remember Santana's Eustostat commercial. Um, oh, my God. She's such a champion. What a goddess. So apparently Santana's been having issues in her, like, real life with people associating yeah. her with yeast infections um specifically yeah like yeah. she she served bread yes. at the diner and like the the customers didn't want it like they were like um no well, yeah, we don't want this we, we can't we can't we can't even look at bread products that you've you've brought to they us were just, <laughs> they just had flashbacks of Santana biting into that untoasted bagel, you know? Yes. Uh, and um, then, so Rachel's like comforting her and Santana's like, yeah, you know, I was so mean to you on, in high school and Quinn was was a bitch, but I was really the one who was leading the hate on Rachel parade. <laughs> and I'm so glad that we're friends now. And then Rachel is like, yeah, me too. Oh, I'm going to be on the cover of New York Magazine. You should come with me to the shoot because that's a thing. Yeah, well, she I can do. She promises her some, quote, pampering because I guess mm -hmm. she can get Santana to be like one of like the background models, I guess. So then she'll get like yeah. the full like makeup and stuff, which to me doesn't sound like pampering so much as like that's going to be annoying to have to clean up at like i when i when i think pampering <laughs> i don't think let's cake makeup on my face i think like let's cake no. mud on my face you know like yeah totally yeah. like let's um let's soak in some steamy baths or something i mean to be fair i guess um, she gets to wear like a fancy dress so that's nice but 
Yeah. Yeah, that also sounds uncomfortable, <laughs> honestly. Mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. If, Rachel really loves being praised for being a good friend. You can tell. <laughs> yes. No, she, um, she is so, she's basking. She's glowing. Yeah, she's basking in the fact that she gets to bestow these minor, like, trifles on her, quote, friends. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And Santana is like, wow, I just, you know, when I find any level of success, I hope, I hope I can handle it as gracefully as you do, Rachel. <laughs> And to be fair, it's not sarcastic. Like, oh no, not in the slightest. I really added that that sarcastic air. Yeah. Um, because stuff is gonna fall apart, folks. They bring up this like bad blood from high school, which to me feels kind of out of place, but becomes like oh super awkward. (laughs) Like, because there's like no reason to bring it up. Right. Like, and it's obvious. Like, spoilers, people. The episode is named Frenemies. Um. It feels like they're trying to sow these, like, oh, there are these seeds for them being, like, antagonistic towards each other. And I'm like, we don't need to, like, like, it doesn't feel like they had this still, but whatever. It's Because they, they, like, they had consolation, but then it's been such a long time. Yes. Since that, like, I don't know, consolation number they did after graduation that gets mentioned later in the episode. Um, Like, that's not the reason why they're friends in my mind. Right. You know, they drunk cuddled on the couch in the unaired Christmas episode. Yes. They are like, they've been living in the same apartment for multiple months. Like, they've been working at the same diner. I don't recognize their friendship as something that started in high school. I recognize it as like they're bonding now that they like live in the same place. Yeah. And Um, I mean, it just, it just feels a little messy and and it'll come up later, but I don't, I don't think they need that like high school beef to feed the fight that's going to happen this episode because they both want similar things Yes, and they're both really protective of those dreams and, and they're both, Rachel love drama so very much. I'm all they, they love it. They (laughs) bask in the fucking drama oh my god yes uh so we're gonna go to the next scene it's at mckinley uh tina and Artie are in the auditorium they're just chatting well they're they're having Uh, their they're having their regular tuesday lunch which they've always had i guess um okay (laughs) which so Artie, so tina reveals that she's been waitlisted at brown um which yeah which she hasn't explained what she's gonna go to brown for um I, yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> we, she's like, oh, I could go to that vet school. Yeah, she, yeah, she kind of poo-poo's her vet school plan. She also, I guess, only which like good because like what? Well, and also, I guess she also um applied for Ohio University. Um, yeah, Ohio State or something. Yeah, but so she's uh, she's upset because yeah. she really wants to go to Brown because she wants to get out of Ohio and she doesn't want to be a vet anymore. Um, which is a weird thing to like apply to college for on a lark like anyway um but so (laughs) and Artie uh is like okay so instead of doing normal Tuesday lunch we're gonna sing music every Tuesday lunch to cheer you up Tina (laughs) and uh then we get like close-up profile shots of New Directions as they sing the the background um bits to the song that's about to start yes um 
Yeah, it's very odd. They're all like going through their lockers and just going like, ooh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Mostly because like it's like Kitty's mouth and Blaine's mouth primarily. Um, yeah. But then it, it goes into um, Whenever I Call You Friend, which isn't a bad song. It just... It feels so weird that it feels like this like impromptu performance that like is consoling Tina about news that already just learned. Um, that also like isn't all that consequential, right? Um, <laughs> well, for me, I mean, I think it's supposed to be establishing that they have a long, deep friendship, like that that they've been friends for a long time on the show and stuff. I get. But. I suppose that's clear. Um, I think it also is bolstered by the fact that. Uh, Jenna and uh, Kevin McHale are very good friends. Yes. Uh, they they do have a podcast together, yes. everyone. Uh, it just released a few months ago, uh, and it's called Showmance. It's okay for the most part. Yeah. The, um, the ones that you should really check out are the clips with Heather Morris and Naya Rivera on their, on the, like, Showmance YouTube. Yes. Um, I don't think it's their like channel or something. It's podcast one is the channel, but um, wow, that shit's good stuff. And yes. guess what? They all hate don't stop believing. Cause they play a game <laughs> where it's like, what glee song do you hate the most? Yes. And, no, it's, it, and it's, that's what they say. It's very revealing. I feel like there's a quote. I'm not sure if it's from the podcast, but Kevin McHale talked about how all of the Glee class or, or Glee cast are like trained seals. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. and um and there's like one part where um Naya during one of these clips is like, yeah, the show's actually funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah. It, I think because they have a they play. That's the one where they play the game where they try to guess whether it was a Britney or a Santana quote, and like yeah. Britney's lines in context and out of context are all absurd and most of the time pretty funny. So anyway, and Santanas are always mean. Yes. Uh, yeah. and uh, like she describes on the podcast how she has like these mean monologues that they'd have to do over and over again, and it would like make her and. The- <laughs> people that she was like yelling at upset right it's just like that sucks so much oh my god yes but so ba- back to this episode of glee um yep so so they sing the song yeah. um they move to the choir room for part of it uh unique's blouse is amazing yes it's like this sort of peasanty cheetah print number it's cute um and marley sings to unique during this song yes like you're my best friend it's yeah fair. that's so the, i want a if i'm gonna have a glee plot line i want it to be marley and unique um just talking about what amazing friends they are i, I was gonna say this episode actually doesn't really have any glee plot line which is honestly which is pretty good, good. Right? yeah um but so anyway this number it's it's fine it, it's a it's a fun number they do some of their classic white people dancing and Unique is also there. Yep. And um, the, <laughs> then Becky arrives to summon Artie and Tina to the principal's office. Um, and we go there yes. to see Sue. Um, has a She talks about the valedictorian um, position yes. to both of these folks. Uh, that's Artie and Tina. And we find out that they're tied yes. for the spot. And uh, yeah, uh, Sue's like, yes, and... You guys have the best atten- um, attendance. 
you, even if you're doing inconsequential things like saying kitty's right or blaine are you serious oh my god i do uh, i do yeah. kind of love the meta joke about how they have the perfect attendance like in the show effectively because they're always like since their main cast they're always there even if they don't do anything like I think part of it is like Kevin McHale is so easy to do choreography for. Yeah. Um, or rather Artie Abrams is because um, he's in a wheelchair. Right. And he doesn't have to do a lot of rehearsal, I would bet. Yeah. Well, and. And. Yeah. And like, I mean, Sue is right. Tina usually just has some line about like, that's stupid or, you know, whatever. So anyway, <laughs> um, they, she tells them that they can't have a. They can't have co-valedictorians. That's just not allowed. So she's going to have them settle it by a speech off where they each give speeches yep. for a panel of judges and then they'll decide the valedictorian that way. Um, and she also threatens that if either of them decides to sing for this speech, she's going to make sure that every drink that they have for the rest of their lives has, has just a... Sue urine ju- in it. Just a tiny little bit of Sue piss. Um, <laughs> which Yikes. <laughs> You know, some people would say that that's um, the healthiest option for anyone um, is to drink their own urine. Maggie, um, Maggie, but... this is not goop, and also it's your own urine, not your true. <laughs> not uh, urine. I just, I just listened to an Ono oh Ross and Carey like a two-parter episode this week about drinking their own piss. Ugh. So I'm feeling really, um, really abreast of all of that situation. <laughs> it is funny, um, but also disgusting, and I needed to pee the whole time I was listening to it. <laughs> Uh, you were real thirsty. We're go... You're saying, you're, you... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we're gonna go back to New York, uh, where we're at this photo shoot for the New York Time, the New York Magazine cover, mm-hmm. and uh, Rachel is in like a sequined. Well, okay, uh, she pantsuit. Yeah, but before we get to that one, she starts in like a kimono where Santana yeah. gives her a little pep talk because Rachel's kind of like bouncing off the walls with like how excited She's she is. She's also wearing the wig, the right. fanny wig. Yes. And yeah. uh, Santana is just like, oh, you're amazing. So glad to be here. So glad that we're together. Yes. Um, But it also seems like Santana is like, I don't know. <laughs> Like not all the way there. Yeah, she's if that makes sense. She's a bit detached, which becomes a lot clearer in a second. Because, like you're saying, they they start brave the Sarah Barella song, um, which like why? I mean, to give this more like I don't know meat. I guess no. I I understand that they needed like a song to do yes. here, but it's I don't know why this. Um, there's like some like Mulan esque umbrella parasol dancing. Yes. Um eventually. And all the other people for this magazine shoot are supposedly like up and comers in the um like showbiz industry in New York. But they're all in these like ugly ass prom dresses. <laughs> well, uh, except for Rachel who's in the, yes. the sequence. Ma- and Maggie. Santana's dress is pretty. Right. Well that's so it's like a wedding. The bridesmaid dresses are hideous for a reason. Um <laughs> But yeah, so Rachel's wearing... Uh, There's like a magical dress transformation where Rachel like goes out there and she's like posing and whatever. And Santana like parts the the clothes on a clothing rack and just like emerges (laughs) (laughs) all glammed up. 
and they she goes into the photo shoot and just like poses right at the very front yes uh and no one stops her no one's like um who are you i guess they have all seen the yeast to stack commercial so no they're like oh she must be an up-and-comer in the showbiz industry yeah the the first time you watch this it doesn't make a lick of sense because santana's very prominent she's like right up next to rachel for all these photos like they both have yellow parasols as opposed to all the white ones of all the other people both yeah and like you're saying all the other people look kind of not great because they're wearing these kind of ugly monochrome dresses where rachel and um santana are wearing like very beautiful outfits and like have very prominent positions in the photos um i feel like the reason they chose brave is because it has a lot of the like really good like it has a good beat for getting a lot of like vogue in which is like kind of part of the photo shoot bit but i guess but it's also like jangly yeah <laughs> like, yeah that's true youtube tutorial music a little bit um and also like what are they trying to say what do they want to say because the line in say the what song you is say. say what you want to say and what is it i don't i do they well they never say anything well okay but so here's <laughs> here's part of it is we find out that this was a dream sequence at the end of the scene because Santana, like yeah. Rachel's like, Santana, we're in the middle of the photo shoot. Go get your dress on. <laughs> um, what does, what, do, what is it that Santana wants to say? Is it see, that she wants to say, I want to be a star I, I <laughs> just that like was, Rachel Berry? Like what's. That was my thought because the photo shoot in her like dream sequence, she's like very prominent, obviously. Like, like she is, but also Rachel is too. Like, right. they're not, she's not butting Rachel out of the spotlight. They're sharing it. Right. Which, um, like, so is this like the beginning of their love story? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, is that what this is? Maggie, one person's, uh, you know, rivalry is another yeah. person's love story. Sure. But true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think part of it is obviously it's like Rachel's photo shoot. So I think, even in your own dream sequence, like you can't just be like, "Oh, I'm the Get only star." Here. Yes, hip hip check, <laughs> yeah. Rachel out of the frame. No, um, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was a dream. Yes, Santana goes and flounces off to apparently get ready that's the end of the photo shoot yes um so we go back yes to mckinley where we see um tina uh, give artie a speech that she's written for him yes uh and artie goes to look at it and it's like and it's a dropout speech yes. <laughs> it's already it's already saying oh tina cohen chang's amazing and i am um dropping out of the valedictorian <laughs> yes i do uh running yeah, i do love the fact he reads it and it's like a concession speech <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just like, um, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, and yeah. then uh, Artie is like, you know, there's this rumor that you've been possessed by an alien for the past two years to make you uh, like an enormous asshole. <laughs> yes. And, um, and then Tina's like, oh, well, I see what you're doing. You're dating McKinley's biggest bitch, Kitty, as uh, like a attempt for popularity before we leave. And Artie's like, um, you're mckinley's biggest bitch tina That's, it's it's very good honestly like the way that that gets delivered i feel like obviously we've been pretty down on Artie, and i still don't really like his character that much but i do really love this moment where like like <laughs> tina's like well kitty doesn't love you um you're just she's just using you as some kind of charity thing and you're using her and then and then uh Artie just turns it around on her it's very fun um um, yeah, which is, I mean, it's sort of true. Like, Tina is um, kind of a huge yes. tool. Yes. Jerk bag. Um, 
Which makes sense, right? Like, uh, she she's always loved power. It's just been hidden. Well, and that's, I I mean, it's funny because they talk about, like, Artie's like, oh, the, like, between junior and senior year, you got possessed by an alien. But it's like, I feel like this has been Tina's major personality trait since the, like, breakup with Mike since Chang. Since the breakup with Mike. Yeah. yeah. So, like. Because before that, she was just in love with Mike Chang. Right. Um, yeah. Every day is Which Valentine's was probably Day. Very satisfying. Yes. Yeah. Very satisfying and like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, like satisfied that power hungry edge in herself. Um. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So um, there's also a mention here of the vapor rub incident, which like. And Tina's like, that was a phase. I was in love with someone who would never love me back. And it's like, none of these are good things to say about that. Yeah, it's like, mostly it's just, it's one of those things where I feel like every writer has to be like, for like for some reason, like they keep having to bring this up, but every writer's always like. Because they, go for it. I think because they know the fans will bring it up. Right, sure. You know, yeah. like. Because it is something that happened. You can't just not, you can't just write it off and say it didn't happen. <laughs> but I just love it because I feel like, like, Ryan Murphy, I feel like, was like, we have to do it. And then someone else is like, I mean, do we? do we? And then they did it. And now everyone has to be like, okay, it happened, but like, it's not a big deal, okay? Please, please stop. <laughs> or like, everyone is bringing it up because. Like, Ryan Murphy is like, that didn't go over the way I wanted it to. And everyone is just like, look at what a fuck up this was. Yeah. Look, look, just look. rubbing it in the showrunner's faces of being like, yep. this was a fucking mistake, you dumb pieces of shit. Anyway. Um, yep. yeah. that's. I mean, that has to be a big reason why people stopped watching, right? Yeah. Was the unconsensual touching? I mean, you would okay. hope so. So we go to um, a phone call between Kurt and Blaine yes. next. Um, Kurt is worrying about Starchild and his grab for power. Yes. And he's like, he's going to take over the band. And Blaine is like sort of paying attention yes. as he walks down the hall um, and is just like, Oh, well, I guess I understand your pain, but you know what they say? Keep your enemies closer. Yes. And, and then he's like, I love you. I have to go to class. But the way Blaine says, I love you at the end of this phone call is sort of like, I don't know, like a dare. <laughs> I don't know. Well, my, my big thing is I just love the fact that he gives him the advice of keep your enemies closer because keep they're your enemies closer. I love you. They're literally, You're my they're literally biggest enemy. getting married. Like, yeah. Like <laughs> anyway, um, I do also love the fact that now this is just like, a trope that happens like every episode or so where they have a split sp a split screen phone call between Kurt and <laughs> Blaine. Like, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's necessary. They're engaged now, so they can't like have any sort of falling off of. Right. And, um, and also split screen is the only way for them to have a phone conversation, I guess. So we can see both of their is. faces. <laughs> Sam, it is. Don't, don't act like sp split screen is the greatest thing on this TV show. Okay. Cause I, I love it so much. Um, the next scene is back to Rachel. Well, she's Maggie. What's well, up? I mean, it's the same scene because Kurt is like, yeah, because yeah, because Blaine's like, I have to go to class, and then the screen just slides uh, yes. over to give us all of Kurt, and he reminds Rachel and Santana that they have band practice that night. But Rachel can't go because she has to go to the understudy auditions, which are happening tonight. Yes, uh, she's totally bugging out about it. Uh, she's really upset that this is happening at all. Yes. And, <laughs> and she yes. says to them, she puts on the, these 
this pair of enormous sunglasses and says, it's really hard being a star. Which, honestly, I don't understand how I haven't seen this gif, like, everywhere. Because, <laughs> holy shit, it's, like, such a Rachel moment. It's so good because she has, like, she has, like, this big shawl and, like, a, like, uh, a, like a yarn beret. And she puts on these huge sunglasses and she's like... It's really hard. It's just, it's really hard being a star. And it's just like, oh my God. Perfect. And we get a shot of Santana being like, hmm, understudy auditions, you say. Yes, which, well, that's, Santana's like, well, if Rachel's not going, I'm not going. And Kurt's like, we have to practice. We're a band or something. But, um. Whatever. Yes. Are they? Yeah. No. So, Where's Danny? Okay. Yeah. We go back to, uh. Choir, the choir room in Ohio yes. for new directions to discuss the second solo spot uh, because Blaine has already been awarded the first, of course. Well, and Shu uh, even is like, Blaine is the new Rachel, so he got one of the spots. And I'm like, well, what? Blaine was voted the new Rachel, so he has one of the solo <laughs> spots. <laughs> yes, um, but also he had a psychotic break. Um, yes, where. Everyone um, tried to comfort him by giving him exactly what he wants. Yes. Uh. Well, and also, yeah, the, the whole puppet, whatever. Anyway, so Tina and Artie both are like, well, I want that spot, of course, because they're they're competing right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so they have to do a sing-off right now. She was like, we're going to yep. do a sing-off right now to, to decide this. Um, and then he like he's like, okay, everyone. And he holds up his hand and does like a snap and they go, oom bop. <laughs> yes. Well, I wish it was oom bop, but it's actually my lovin' um, is the song they do. I know. But like, but these, I feel like that Glee soundbite has been everywhere. <laughs> like not just this song. Sure. Yeah. Like that oom bop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah. Because essentially it's my lovin', There's- which... Yeah, in the audience, there's a four-person wave of Mr. Shu, uh, Sam Evans, Jake, and Ryder. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is actually sort of cute, uh, I guess. I mean, and this, then, this song is, like, it's fine. They do a fine job. Yeah. But, like... They do. Like, they do the same thing they did in the last song, where everyone gets up in, like, a circle around them and is, like, doing some, like, dancing, and all the white people look super like gangly and like whatever but <laughs> it's fun the, there's a fun lyrical digs at um Artie's relationship with Kitty in the like that Tina sings um which is fun yep and then it gets really physical and then Will Will does the breakdown yes. um like talking bit um yep he like breaks up like almost getting physical between Tina and Artie and then he's like it's time for a breakdown yes and then yeah, <laughs> and then uh yeah, it does get it does get physical. Um Tina pushes Artie out of his chair. He falls on the ground. Um and the music like completely stops. Yes. Everything gets really um silent. And Tina does apologize immediately. Like she's like I didn't mean to do that. Yeah. I I'm sorry. And uh the boys help Artie back into his chair. And and he does and, and he does the storm yeah. out, you know, pretty classically stuff. Yep. Um yeah, the I mean, it's fun. I, I like, I, I feel like it was actually pretty well placed because of that whole part where it's like the never going to get it bit. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's just. Uh, it's whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, this isn't the best part of their plot line. No. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, next, we get some 
Oh, oh, I have a note here. Some creepy first person camera oh, this episode. Yes. Because the next scene starts in the loft. Yes. Uh, and we are Star Child. Like the camera is Star Child's point of view as Kurt like comes up to him. Yes. Um, in like the little seating area of the loft. Yes. And Kurt and Star Child just hang out. Um, well, yeah. Cause and... So so to kind of set it here, uh, Kurt like intros us into the scene by being like, well, we were going to have band practice, but Santana and Rachel aren't here. So I figured it could be just the boys because we know that Blaine has told him that he should befriend Elliot as a way of keeping mm-hmm. Elliot from getting power or something. But um, like I, I, I wrote that down too because the first time I watched it, I thought they weren't in the same place. Like I thought that they had to film <laughs> this scene like with them in two different places because of like timing restrictions or something. But it turns out there is a moment where they're like in the same shot. So I was like, okay, yeah. But it was funny. Nope, it's just um like an artistic choice. Yeah, that's weird. well, it was funny because I I was watching it with Chris and I was like, I'm getting some serious season five Arrested Development vibes here because there are multiple times when <laughs> Portia De La Rossi couldn't be in the same shots as other people. Yep. <laughs> so like they literally have these terrible like like shot reverse shot Wigs. shit where like <laughs> you can see the background yeah. of someone's head that is not that person. Oh. And Portia De Rossi's wig is already bad. Yes. <laughs> um, so they just put that same bad wig on someone else. The, yeah. Yeah, and there's yeah, also yeah. the parts where they make her wear a sheet because she's like, I'm hideous. <laughs> you you would always be better. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. Oh, okay. okay. So back in the curtain, Star Child, yeah. Kurt is like, oh, uh, I'll do my best Andy Cohen and like starts asking a lot of questions yes. about Star Child, even though they've been in this band for together for like a month. Right. Probably. Yeah. Um, whatever. Uh, and. Star Child is like Kurt will be like, huh, you must think you're like the breakout star of this band or something. And Star Child will be like, yes, I am. <laughs> well, it's it feels so weird too, because there's also like some weird, like, like fog noises. Like, uh, it's hard to explain, yeah. but like when that happens, especially because we're in Kurt's perspective, it feels like there's like some weird, like, fogginess to the way that like the scene feels and oh, looks. Yeah. It's. It's very odd. Like, it's sort of like their conversation, it, like, parts of it didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it feels like Kurt is Which imagining is... things, but I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Um, And then Star Child is like, oh, yeah, I've been taking guitar lessons. And Kurt jumps on that and is like, oh, you have to teach me. I'm sure you're a genius. Yes. <laughs> and Star Child is like, well, you know, I just started. Um, But the first step is really to get your own guitar. Yes. And it's it's okay. pretty clear in the scene that like Starchild is very aware of what is happening here. Like, yeah. But anyway, totally. So then we move. Yeah. So then we go to the understudy auditions. Yes. Rachel is bugging. Whole cake is just like, oh, Rachel, calm down. Yes. Uh, you know, we have to have this. Our like producers want it. Our insurance wants it. We have to have an understudy. Um, and Rachel's like, we don't need an understudy. I plan to wear a surgical mask whenever I leave my house yes. <laughs> uh, during the run of the show. <laughs> and um, yeah. Yes. And then then we, we see like a, somebody who's really bad yes. at the beginning of the scene too, like someone who's really gnarly. And Rachel's like, oh, that's why you hired me. No one can sing in this town. <laughs> Which, okay. Yeah. Like 
Sure, it's New York. I'm sure that's true. But so um, then, so then uh, she's like, oh "How God, many more? Ben. How many more people do we have?" And the and whole cake is like, "Oh, well, we only have a couple. The next one here, oh, it says Santana Lopez." And Rachel says, "What?" <gasps> and then from the back of the room, yes, pulling yes. pulling the most yes. cliche, <laughs> the most cliche, the Rachel yes. move. Santana oh, yes. arrives yes. singing Don't Rain on My Parade and oh my god it's the best thing that's ever happened. It's so it is, good. It is so good. The transposition of the music is a little bit different yes. than any time Rachel has sung yep. it. Um I would say it's a little bit more rock and roll. Yeah, see so I well <laughs> I wrote down like it's nice cuz it obviously this song is already an I want song, but the way that they like yeah revamped the music a little bit under Santana makes it feel even more like wanty if that makes sense like it feels like like Rachel when Rachel sings it, it feels it's, more it's classical just, I guess it, yeah yeah it's just different yeah. you know it feels like this is the 2013 version right. well a funny girl right. rather than like like it's it's more like Santana is the updated version of funny yes. girl while while Rachel is still sort of playing like an impression right. of Barbara Streisand, yep. um, which and Maggie so just to the, clarify, the, the director loves yeah, it. Yeah, we're now in 2014, but yeah, so no, <laughs> we're not. No, we're 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 legit. Oh, not. that's right. Like it's still the show is right. God, that's stupid. Um. So anyway, you know, whole, whole cake is really really into this. Of course he is because it's amazing. Like, oh my god, yeah. it's so good. Um, I got goosebumps. Yes. I was just like, holy shit, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have lis- listened to the Santana version four or five times well, since watching the episode yesterday. It's so funny because it's like, it, it harkens back to the fact that they did Don't Stop Believing like six times or whatever. And every time it sounded exactly the same. But like, this is the second time they've done Don't Rain On My Parade. And it's different. And both versions are very good. Like, it's like, yeah, why couldn't you totally. learn from yourself, Glee? Like, Oh my god! If you do the same song but you do it like in a significant, significantly different way, it sounds so much better than doing uh, anyway. Yeah, and and not only that, like it's playing a different function yes. within the story. Yeah. Um, instead of you know, like, don't stop leaving has always served the same yes. of like, look at what a group we are! Wow, <laughs> the power of friendship. Yes. And instead, this is like. Santana being like, give me that a chomp of that star. Yum, yum, yum. Yes. And Rachel is so furious. Yes. Like, the moment this starts, she is fuming. Yes. And uh, the direct, like, whole cake is just like, yep, very well done. Oh, you're from the same high school? Amazing. Rachel, why didn't you tell me about her? And then there's a prologue shot of Rachel just being like, uh, which is like pretty great because it ends right there. But oh, it's so good. Rachel is so pissed too. Like very oh, well acted super on angry. Michelle's part. Oh, it's so good. So the next scene is Kurt and Elliot going guitar shopping. Yes. Um. Yeah. It doesn't make uh, sense. So they go it, in. This whole scene does not make a lick of sense. I. No. I'm, yeah. They they go into this shop and. Kurt is like, oh, we'd like to see your guitars. <laughs> well, and, it's, and it's like Guitar City. So, like, you have, like, all these guitars, like, on the wall. Yeah. And then the dude behind the counter is like... This this shop is also, like, wildly decorated. We'll get, in, get into it, of course. Yes. Um, And the guy is like, 
oh, don't don't touch the axes. And I guess to like prove their musical clout. Yes. Um, Starchild goes up to somebody. There's a bunch of people who just have instruments like on. Yes. There's a l- and are ready to play. Uh, yes. Um, and yes. Starchild goes up to one of them and is like, do you know, I believe in a thing called love by the darkness. And the guy just starts playing the riff yes. <laughs> from the beginning of the song. Um, yep. And they, they sing the song. It's a good song. Yes. Anyway. Um, I honestly prefer the original though. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like part of it for me is that Chris Colfer's like, timber of his like timber of his voice he didn't it's just he can reach those high notes but it's not like the screamy glam rock noise yeah. that i want right. it, for this song his, especially like especially with the context of like kurt like it just feels so classical like it feels a lot like rachel yeah. in the funny girl stuff like she's trying to be barbara streisand doing like the 1960s performance whereas opposed to like yeah like santana who's doing a more updated performance or in this case star child who like is the embodiment of like this song pretty much. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you seen the music video for this song? I have not. By the darkness. Does it? In- Dude, you got to watch it. It takes place on a spaceship oh, okay. and they fight like a giant space squid. See, I was going to ask, do they climb on a lot of structures and pole dance? But <laughs> no, but that does happen in this version. There is like scaffolding yes. all over this music store for some reason that Kurt really just climbs all over. And then there is a dancing pole just in the just in the middle of the store that he um he does some twirls on. Like well, and that, what? That, my- there's also an there's an extra there's a bunch of like punky yes. like musicians and there's one of them who just like t- spins. Like that's all she does is just like turn repeatedly yes. in the choreography. Yes. No, that was what my, my favorite part is in watching this. Like because he starts out with like the dude being like, "Don't touch the axes." So I was like, "I guess it's I, I guess they can climb all over anything else they want as long as they don't touch the axes." <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, when the song ends, the guy's like, "Get these boys some guitars." Yeah, he's like, "Show them the guitars," <laughs> and you're just like, "What?" Like it's so bizarre. And this is where. I ask the question, Sam, the ancient gay question. Is that is this a date? Oh my god, it's such a date. That's the other thing too. <laughs> like this is so obviously like like the thing about this that gets real weird real fast for me is that like from this point onward, every interaction that Starchild and Kurt have is like they're in a couple. Like, and I don't think that that's like yeah. a big problem. Like, obviously you can have friends and it's still like platonic and stuff, but they just act like such a like just like such a stereotypical gay couple. <laughs> Not even that. Just like I mean, this this outing yes. is so dateless. Yes, no, it really <laughs> is. Like, and they sing this song, and this song they is... sing this this like sexy, emotionally charged glam rock song. Yes. What? And Kurt pole dances like obviously a date. Um, <laughs> I mean. And he does some like hip thrusting, which is sort of Kurt's go-to m- one move. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. if you're gonna hip thrust in front of someone while you're singing together, yeah, like, I mean, this is a yeah. Date. That, that was a lot of the scenes with Kurt and Starchild this episode. I was like, Kurt, you have a fiance. I don't know what you're doing, but um, I don't think this is what he meant. I, I don't think there's anything wrong. I don't. With, I don't think um, they're open relationships or anything. Yeah. Um. And like going on dates with pe- with people that you, it, 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 I guess it started off from a platonic edge, but 
Bruh. Well, and like that's part of it is mostly I like I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It just feels like I'm worried for Starchild in this because it's like Kurt is obviously mm-hmm. like being friendly to him and like I feel like we're going to get to a head of like he feels like let on at some point. I'm sure that will be a eh, plot, but we'll, we'll see. see. Um anyway, it's, it's So a good the next song. scene yep. is back in the loft. Yes. Rachel is bugging out to Kurt about the um the understudy yes. problem and that Santana is here and uh she's like that's my song and Kurt's like well Barbara Streisand is still alive <laughs> and that's when Rachel says oh well when she dies yes <laughs> it'll be my responsibility to sing that song <laughs> which Kurt does point out that that is not entirely the sanest thing that someone has said um which again <laughs> like God, just so many. Anyway, um, but then Santana arrives and is like, are you talking about me? And then. <laughs> <laughs> of course they which, are. Yeah, Kurt's like, no, we're not. And then Rachel's like, what? Why did you do this? Um, but. Uh, yeah, but Santana comes in like ready for a yes. fight. Uh, she comes in on the offensive and Rachel says, you playing that role is like me being the marshal at the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Which I, I wrote um, that down as Rachel gets <laughs> racist. Um, like, Well, because like, I guess there is some, there is a point there, you know, well, like Rachel yeah. has been cast because she has like this, a similar heritage to the original character. Right. But like, it's but, 2013, Maggie. It is. You are right. Uh, and, you know, casting can be unconventional. Yes. In fact, sometimes that's what makes something better, is that the casting is yep. unconventional. Um, and then Santana is like, you've been pleased to have me in the background of everything. Yes. Um, you've been really reveling in it. Which, uh, and Because yeah. that's when Santa- Rachel is like, I brought you to that photo shoot. And then Santana's like, yeah, to have me pose in the back. <laughs> like, as opposed to what, Santana? Be in the front? Which apparently is what she wanted. Um, but yeah, it's I don't really buy this, honestly. Because Santana gets into this whole thing where she's like, ever since high school, all that's been driving you is the hatred that you had for all of us that were bringing you down. And like, that's cool or whatever, but I want you to accept it and just get over it or something. And it's just like, what? Like... I feel like there's just a much better way to convince Rachel to chill out about yes. this. And Santana is not going about it that way. Right. She, no. Um, Kurt yeah. is trying to like calm the situation down and like deescalate this yeah. fight. Um, it does not no. work. Oh my God. It does. <laughs> like this gets so good though. Cause, <sighs> Cause he's like, he's like, um, I can make some espresso. Let's all sit down. <laughs> yes. But what happens? So Rachel storms off to go to her room, which you'll remember they're in this loft. They don't have walls. So she like draws a curtain around her room. Santana comes over, rips the curtain back open and continues the fight. Like, holy shit. Yep. Like Rachel. Yeah. Rachel's like packing. Right. Um, and, uh, that's when, uh, Santana's like really laying into her. And Rachel turns and just slaps yes. her uh, full across the face because Santana does call Rachel short and awful. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you're short. She's like, you're short and awful and you always will be. <laughs> and that's when Rachel just turns around and like uses the weight, uh, like a counterweight of her hand as she turns to just smack Santana right in the face. Yes. And Kurt gasps. <laughs> and- it's very good dramatic effect. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, yeah. And to um, so Rachel tells her to move out, uh, and Santana's like, 
I agree. No, oh my God. I probably it's should. It's so good though. And that's. Oh my God. And that's when Santana gets the phone call. She got the yes, part. Yes. Which, so I, I, I love the scene because Rachel slaps her. There's like, Kurt gasps and then there's just silence. And then like two yep. beats later, Rachel's like, I think you should move out. Like, not angrily, or, like, obviously angry, but not, like, she's not yelling. She's not, like, like throwing it. Like, she's just, like, I think you should move out. And then Santana, like, you're saying, she's just, like, I agree. And then she walks over to her phone, gets the call, and is, like, I guess yep. I'll be seeing you in rehearsals, Barry. Um, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> there, there is so much sexual tension between these two. Yes. Holy yes. shit. Oh, God. This scene, like... The best part about this is that this is not even the last scene that we're going to have with these two. Like, yeah. Their, their fight gets drawn out this entire episode, and damn, is it compelling. It's so good. The next scene is back in Ohio. We're at the speech yes. off on the auditorium stage. Both Artie and Tina are wearing red. They're on opposite sides of the stage, and uh, then Tina goes first. Yes. Uh, she is announced as no one's favorite new direction, Tina Cohen Chang. Which, and I, she goes up there. I did, I did like yes. that. To be fair, like I feel like that's a great title. Is absolutely no one's favorite new direction. Um, but still, that sucks though. <laughs> well, earlier this episode, she Sue actually addressed her as Tina Warrior Princess, which I was like, yeah, that's not like because she also did it. And she also called Artie Stumbles, which is really offensive. But like, yeah, she she does say ableist things about Artie, but nothing racist about Tina. Like, I guess. Wow. I guess Xena Warrior Princess might be a dig at like is Xena. I think Xena's not like white, right? Like Xena, the actress who plays no, her. No, Xena. Oh, is. she is. Okay, well then. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Um and. I'm, it's, so it's not an Asian no. dig. That's something. It's, is it being um, a strong woman? I guess like, it, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but Sue seems supportive of yes. that. Um, <laughs> anyway, Tina starts her speech by talking about how she's really changed over her time at McKinley. How she used to be a goth chick with this unbelievable stutter. Yes. And... Um, what really changed her was a person at McKinley. Yes. And this is when I was like, oh, shit. If she says will, I'm turning off the episode. <laughs> no, that's, I, I agree. <laughs> yep. It, it, immediately my worry as well. But that is not what happened. Um, instead, it's Artie. Artie changed yes. her and made her a better person. Yes. And... Um, then we get like a flash between Artie and Tina's speeches where we find out that they've both withdrawn their candidacy for valedictorian yes. and we see figgins figgins is on this blue ribbon panel <laughs> it's it's figgins um shannon will and yes. sue and figgins cries will is like consoling him shannon cries too obviously <laughs> but that's sort of a move yeah. um whenever anything emotional happens yes <laughs> and uh and Sue is just like disgusted. Yes. Well, uh, so we find out. Tina yeah, com- go for it. Tina calls Artie an American hero yes. and compares him to Rosa Parks and Gandhi. Well, I, I think it's Mahatma Gandhi, <laughs> not um, the other Gandhi. But still, like the. So we find out. We see a flashback where they're in the hallway, and um, she Tina apologizes to Artie again for pushing him. And they're like, oh, we're really good friends. Like, like we have to, like, we, we can't, we're, we're good friends deep down. We have to get over this little feud. It's not, a, it's not a real thing. And then we get the clips of Artie and Tina 
glorifying each other in their speeches and holy yeah. shit it's so fucking funny like oh, yeah but there's that little bit where tina has the line about Artie like going up the wheelchair ramp and like the spirits of american heroes following him like what yeah. the f- <laughs> like what what is this um obviously they're just trying to get under sue's skin yes. for like you know putting them against each other or whatever and it clearly works because sue is um furious at the end of the speeches she's like wow that was disgusting i'm gonna go dry heave some yellow bile i hate you both yeah um there the other part that i thought was really good was when Artie has a line where he says that tina picked up his broken body and taught him how to love which (laughs) so good yeah um i mean kevin McHale and uh jenna uskowitz are really just like lapping up this uh, this opportunity uh their their performances are really comedic i think it's really funny overall um and honestly like figgins crying was what got me i was just like (laughs) what the fuck like because he's out in the audience like bawling yes Um, yeah it's it's very funny um yeah and like you said sue's not having it but um we'll come back to that in just a second so we we move to the funny girl rehearsal space. Sant- yeah, yeah, we're in we're backstage and Santana um goes into a dressing room, seemingly Rachel's dressing yeah. room, with her makeup bag and tries to get start getting ready or whatever. And uh, Rachel comes in and she's like, "What are you doing?" And Santana says, "Oh, well, you know, I have a big bruise on my face that I needed to put some makeup on before rehearsal." <laughs> and and Rachel says, "Don't you I know you don't understand how Broadway works, but you should realize that the star gets her own vanity." Yes. <laughs> and she's like, "There's a bathroom upstairs you can use." Um, which then they start getting into it again. Um, yeah, man, they just need to make out. <laughs> but the, so there's some stuff that's said um, and then Whole Cake catches them um, verbally yeah. fighting each other and tells them they can't do it for publicity's sake. Yep. Um, so Yeah. Uh, well, there's this great thing where, like, Santana says something about, like, I don't know if she threatens to murder Rachel. No, no, no. Rachel. Or something. But, like, Rachel, Rachel's yeah. like, I know, I know that, like, the part of an... It's like Rachel's assuming that how she would feel as an understudy yes. is how Santana feels as an understudy, yes. that she only wants the worst for Rachel so that she can be on stage. Um, and that yes. well, even though that I don't I don't think that's really the case here. Um, it was like just an opportunity that Santana jumped on that she can get more opportunities because yes. of. But well, OK. Yeah. Um, and Rachel's like, yeah, even if you I know you're out to get me. And even if you do get me. I'll come back from the grave just to spite you. Yes. And and that's when Santana says, oh, zombie Fanny. And Rachel's like, no, ghost Fanny. Which, well, but I, I do also really love the part at the beginning where um, Rachel or like Santana's like, oh, are you want to fight? You want to you wanna do this? I'll hit you so hard you won't wake up until you can play funny lady. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so it's th- this fight is so silly. But then, yeah, like you're, so the director comes in and he's like, "Oh, we can't have this because I have yeah, multiple he, people he, wanting." Yeah, he tells them to make nice yeah. because like their story is too yes. good. 
um, like coming from the same high school, like both having their big break in the same show yeah. with the same part. Um, and he's like, you need to chill out and be friends until the show closes. Got it? Yes. And then he just walks away. And then we get the song, um, Every Breath You yes. Take. I by the police uh, yeah. um this is another like oddly placed number for me um because it doesn't feel as like anger angry as i think it should oh, okay um, sure like following the fight that just happened instead it's like them being like wow i wish i could be back in your embrace well like, okay. so what? the one that the, the the reason i like this a lot is because and like this is one of those things very funny to talk about people with because like even Sting has come out to be like, oh, this song is about a stalker. Like, this is not a love song. This yeah. is like... And yep. so that's one of the things for me is I'm so glad that Glee used this. Like, they... Obviously, they wanted to use this song, I'm sure. And I'm glad that they used it here rather than using it in the love storyline because, like, that's weird yeah, and creepy. Totally. And this at least, like, feel... It, like, it just feels so good because it's Rachel and Santana doing this duet, watching each other, like, do the, like, choreography for the show. Yeah, like, they're... They're running through rehearsal together um, so that, like, Santana can learn the moves and stuff. And they just, like, eye each other down whenever they get the opportunity. Um, And Santana is the one who's like, I long to be back in your embrace. (laughs) And I'm just like, what is going on here? Yeah, it... What is it is this? weird. I just I'm glad that they didn't use it in the creepy stalker sense. And uh, yeah, no, I I agree. I just wish they had a song that was more like charged with anger oh, sure. rather than like seething, yeah, it is, sort of quietness. It is weird, but like it's also weird because they're obviously trying to replicate the like feel of the song, I guess, because they have like a lot of prominent shadows and they have like a weird scene where there's like four different dressing rooms on a wall and all the doors are yeah, opening. The like scaffolding, yeah. like the back, like the backstage has this strange like loft feature. Yes. <laughs> it's where so weird. the like backstage must be huge, yes. enormous because like, there's like there are three levels at like, least catwalks yeah. to the like three levels of dressing rooms and it is a cool shot yes um but it also like makes me question like what is this theater what the yes. fuck um i guess i've never been backstage in a broadway theater so i don't have any like, yeah experience to tell you if this is normal or not whatever um the song ends uh the dancing is amazing yes. too obviously um yep yeah, because they're both amazing dancers. Yep. And Santana better than Rachel. The, the song is also really good. Like, again, Rachel and Santana are two yeah. of the best singers on the show. So it's like, of course it's really good. Like, Oh, and I love that they have tension between these two characters. Yeah. Um, because, and I was thinking about it because they mentioned at the beginning of the episode uh, how, like, Quinn was the one who really led the charge yeah. on hating Rachel or whatever. Um, but... These two characters, these are the characters I want to see face off right. now. You know, these are the characters that the show has invested yep. in that um, I care about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I- I'm just glad that these are the characters that are having beef. Me too. Um, yeah. Now we're going to go back to the loft where we see Kurt and Elliot um, eating cinnamon rolls in the middle of the and day. Also, well, they're uh, also making plans <laughs> to go to a flea market together, which is also a date. Yeah. That's a gay <laughs> shit. It's like such a date. So, so <laughs> fucking gay. It's amazing. Um, but Starchild reveals to Kurt and all of us that... Oh. Well, he starts off by being like, I'm so glad we've met. I'm so glad we're friends. Yes. <laughs> which 
this like this is all like coded early gay relationship language where they're both trying to be like is this a date well but they but he has the line where he's like oh you know it's so nice to actually have gay friends rather than who aren't trying to hook up right which is just like okay sure sure it is um okay (laughs) sure uh and then he's like i know what you're doing i know that you think i'm trying to take over the band and he's and he's like i'm not trying to do that and that's when kurt's like but you're so magic and magnetic on stage uh and they they squash their beef they eat some cinnamon rolls and they take a selfie the first one that they take is like Elliot is chewing, yes. so they're like, oh, no, we're, we're going to have to redo that. That was ugly. And in the second one, he, like, kisses Kurt's cheek. Yes. Um, Which, um, this this is where it leads, like... Totally not a romantically or sexually charged <laughs> selfie. No way. But see, so that's part of it for me is, like, they're having this conversation. And, like, just as a queer person, like, it's... And, you like, you know this because you were just talking about it. Like, you can tell that Elliot <laughs> is being, like... We're friends, right? Wink. Like, we're friends? Because, <laughs> like, for me, like, it definitely feels like that kind of thing where Elliot is like, oh, like, yeah, we're both gay, but, like, we're just friends f- for now. Like, it definitely feels like Elliot, like, I, I, that's the reason why I think we're going to get the plot line where it feels like Elliot feels led on by Kurt being nice to him, which is shitty, but, like... Maybe it's just, like, they have chemistry yeah. together. Like, you can... It's it's pretty clear. Um, well, Maggie, yeah, yeah, I believe in a thing called love. So, anyway, <laughs> just listen to the rhythm of my heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- so we go back to McKinley, where we find out in Sue's office that Tina and Artie split the vote. So, <laughs> uh, who do you think to be voted? Who do you think Sue voted for? Because so there were four people on the panel, yes. right? Which means. Probably Tina. I mean, I feel like she maybe voted for Artie because Tina's speech was so wild. Like, <laughs> I think that's why Sue would vote okay. for her. Is that like she knows that Tina's spunky yeah. and um, yeah. like wrote a more ridiculous speech to upset her. <laughs> yes, you know? I mean that is um, true. But so here comes maybe one of the best parts of this episode. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So, so Tina and Artie are going to be salutatorian. Yes, because Sue has decided, be- yeah, if, if 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 they neither of them can be valedictorian, then they're going to have to b- both be co-salutatorians because that's fine, I guess. Um, so then <laughs> she's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the third you're the third ranked person in the class, the valedictorian instead. And Tina and Artie are like, wait, who's that? And then Sue turns and says, Blaine Anderson. And it's just like, yes. oh my God. Yes. <laughs> when that happened, I like audibly was like, yes. Yes. It's so good. <laughs> what a perfect turn for the story. Oh my God. It's fucking amazing. Both Tina and Artie are like, yeah, what? Tina screams. <laughs> it's very good. Um, Because, <laughs> And we go to the yes. hallway where Tina and Artie are walking together and then Blaine like comes up behind them to try to like talk yes. to them. And it's like, guys, I can't believe I'm going to be valedictorian. I know this sounds like a humble brag, but honestly, it seems like things just get handed to oh me. Oh my God. It's so good because <laughs> the best part is because then Artie and Tina turn and like arms crossed or, and Artie is like, oh, you don't say. I've never noticed that. Oh, you know what? I I hadn't noticed that. <laughs> 
it's so good. Like, because because uh, Blaine even goes on to be like, you know, Mr. Shu gives me all these solos and like, like you know, now this auditorium <laughs> thing, and it's just like, oh my god, I love, I love he this. Is so evil. <laughs> Just rubbing it in their faces. It's so good. Um, but then to break to break his evil plan here, Becky arrives to reveal the selfie that was posted on Facebook. Um, because she's like, Oh, when did you break up with Pancake Face? And and Blaine's like, I would appreciate if you didn't call my fiance Pancake Face. Yes. But, yeah. And then Becky reveals the selfie, the face kiss selfie, the the charged selfie yes. in uh, certain regards. And um, yeah, uh, Be- Becky is meddling and Blaine is upset. Well, yeah, but Blaine looks upset and we see Tina and Artie in the background. They look kind of upset, but also maybe a little happy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little happy that something bad is happening yes. to Blaine. Uh, we go back to the choir room where we hear from Will as he writes on the board, Artie and Tina have demurred from soloing. Yes. Um, what, why, when? Well, I guess that was part of their reconciliation and giving each other the valedictorian thing was that they were like, let's both what? not be the soloist for nationals either. I don't what? know. Uh, what? But, Honestly, though? Yeah, what? It, it's kind of, it sucks. But Blaine arrives and is like, shut up, Mr. Shu. I have things to say. Well, for, first he's like, he's like, Mr. Shu, and that's when Tina's like, you already have a solo yes. plane. <laughs> yeah, which is good. Um, but uh, I I was hoping there was going to be something about Kurt, but instead he's talking about how since he's going to be the valedictorian, he wants to, instead of making a speech, sing a song. <laughs> sing a musical number to reach out to the rest of the yes. class. And then Artie and Tina are like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll love to watch you perform that. Well, no, and the best then, part is. And then he's like, no, I want you to sing with well, me. The best part is they started out with being like, Sue is going to assassinate you. And it's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. um, which I, in my notes, I was like, oh, man, he's going to drink so much piss. Um, but but <laughs> so then, yeah, so he's like, no, um, I want it to be all three of us that sing this song and we'll have the other people kind of back us up or whatever, but we're all going to pick it. Oh, and, and Tina, we'll, we'll film rehearsal and you can send it to Brown and that'll get you off the wait list. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Okay. And so then um, we, we move back to New York to cap off the drama for this episode because. Yep. The third and final <laughs> fight. Between Santana and yes. Rachel, with Kurt as a literal mediator, yes. he is um, sitting between the two of them, trying to de- de-escalate the situation. Yes. Uh, but both Rachel and Santana are way too hot for that, yeah. and Kurt is sort of on Santana's side. Yeah. So, well, um, which Rachel accuses him of that as well, and he's like, "No, I'm not on anyone's side. I just want us all to be friends." <laughs> yeah. So to to lay the scene a little bit. Rachel and Santana have come to the conclusion that only one of them can stay in the loft because things are getting too hot. Um, and so Kurt yeah, is the deciding um, vote. Rachel. Well, Rachel is like, Santana is poisoning my big yes. break. She, she just wants this. Oh, she's a Kurt. You think she's a poor lingering babe who just wants the scraps from my star sandwich. <laughs> oh my God. It's so good though. Cause they're also using that like shot reverse shot thing here. Yeah, this is when, like, Leah Michelle is fucking barreling down the camera. Yes, and 
for this entire monologue. Yes. Oh my we, god. We also get Santana's reaction shots while she's doing this, and it's so good because, like, the babe line, like, Santana's just like, "What the fuck are you on about?" Like, um, Kurt, like, so Kurt, I, I also wrote that, like, they're they're like, Kurt, you have to decide who has to move out, and Kurt's like, "I'm not doing that." But it, he really is on Santana's side here because, like, he kind of like defends her, being like, "She's being your understudy. Like, she's not trying." To, yeah, you know. she's. She saw an opportunity. She's not trying to, like, usurp you. Yes, but (laughs) Rachel accuses her of nefariousness, which, to be fair, like... I, I would I would argue that if they're gonna bring in all this high school drama bullshit that like yeah there is some precedent for saying that Santana <laughs> might backstab her um and- mm, yeah a little bit um and then that's when Rachel is like all of this has been pretend we're not really yes. friends we've always hated each other and I hate you now I'm leaving yes. and then she um goes into the be- bedroom to like clean up and stuff and Santana the cutting last line is okay, well, leave the mattress, won't yes. you? Well, because uh, this yeah. started also with a little bit where, like, Rachel is like, one of us has to go. It has to be that way. And then Santana's like, well, I've been paying rent for three months, and I haven't even had a bed, so I have squatters, right? And it's like, yeah, kind of. Um, But, yeah, so then we move to the New Directions after this big fight. Um, They do break away. Um, I guess that's going to be their number yeah. for the valedictorian speech. Yeah, it's it's going to be the valedictorian speech. So this is rehearsal. The Glabies are watching on from the audience. Yeah. Um, it's just Blaine, Tina, and Artie like standing on stage with spotlights yeah. on them. Okay, fine. Yes. How inspirational. Um, and th- we also get flashes of Rachel packing and crying. Yes. Uh, this is like such a Rachel move where she's like already crying about this like very intense choice she's yes. made um and uh to cap it all off as she's exiting the loft she goes up to sit San- well she hugs yes. her and then she goes up to santana pulls a picture out of a frame it's the two of them from graduation yes. day uh wearing their red robes and their red motorboards she tears it in half well um like tears yes. them apart and then tears it a, a second time and a third yes um, to make basically photo confetti that she throws behind her on her way yes. out. Um, wow. Yes. Wow. It's so good. It's like, it's seriously like that one along with the, it's hard being a star are like two things that I need in my life all the time. Um, it's but, so hard being a star, <laughs> but like my star sandwich, but it's so good. And like, one of my other favorite things is a lot of the packing is in slow motion, which is just like yeah. adding so much to this Rachel fueled like drama trip. It's just so good, like mm, tasty. <laughs> she is reveling in this yes. shit. What's amazing to me is that like she obviously doesn't have a new place to right. live. Yes. Yet, like she's just like, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna go, and everyone's like, don't, and she's like, nope, it's time. I'm leaving. That is not how the real world works, you know? I mean... I guess in TV, you can have a big blow up and move out the same yeah. day. Well, um, and I, I, my favorite part is it uses the classic TV trope of when someone moves out angrily, they take one suitcase with them, but leave like three suitcases of their <laughs> junk behind. And you're just like, 
When are you going to come back to do that? You just had your big exit. It's not like you're coming back to get those suitcases. Like, <laughs> like, what are you... Are you going to come back and trot all over that photo <laughs> confetti you made to go grab your bigger suitcase? Like, <laughs> anyway. It makes me sad that that this loft has broken up, though. Yeah, me too. Because I really like them all being friends. Yeah. And, like, them all working at the diner together. And them being in a band together. Yeah. I mean, this is some classic Rachel <laughs> bullshit. Uh, which I do enjoy, yes. but I also love them being friends. Well, and I, <laughs> so I think torn. part of it for me is it just feels so, it feels a little out of nowhere just because a lot of like the last few episodes have been like them just being like pretty friendly. And like Santana has actually, I feel like they've made a lot of progress, like you were saying on their friendship, where like Santana helped with like mm-hmm. Brody and um, like them just like getting along, having jobs at the diner. So it is a little upsetting, but at the same time, it's just so good. It's so juicy. I love it. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Mm, delicious. Uh, and now it's time for the podcast business. I was, I think we should do like, um, I, I want to like have the, the intro to Don't Rain On My Parade. <laughs> like, da, 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 da. Okay. It's time for the podcast business. <laughs> I got to podcast business now. <laughs> I don't know. This is Mr. Every podcast business. It's my podcast business. But, but it's, it's a metaphor. metaphor. And metaphors are important. important. Gold stars are important. Because, because gold, gold stars, stars are a metaphor for me being a star. star. We're in the we're in the podcast yes. business. Uh, we start off with gold stars. Uh, I'm going to give my gold star this week to... Well, I'm going to okay, split it, yeah. I think, between Santana and Rachel B. Berry. That is the only Yes. Well, option. so, yeah. So, on mine, I, I had put down... I had a contingency plan here um, because I had put down two names. And if you had picked one of them, I was going to pick the other. But it sounds like we're both just going to have to give half to both of them. Rachel and Santana, <laughs> they both deserve it. It's so good. Santana's performances are really good. Rachel's tirades are amazing. Like, oh, my God. Uh, it's really yeah. Good. I I do want to shout out that Tina and yes. Artie um have some good interactions this episode and they are funny, but they're not gold star material <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> they just um, they need to be relegated to the background. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe it's just because like their their stuff is a little bit more low yeah. stakes. Um, for me, uh, but I do love the turn yes. where Blaine is valedictorian. <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> oh my god. So the next part of the podcast business is uh, choosing best number. Sam, what are the numbers this episode? Ooh, okay. Well, so the numbers this episode are um, whenever I call you friend, the Artie and Tina number that we do at the beginning, um, brave, the photo shoot number. And then we have, I think the next one is uh, don't rain on my parade. Santana's amazing rendition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, I believe in a thing called love in guitar city. Um, and then we have Every Breath You Take with Santana and Rachel, uh, you know, being stalkers. And then mm-hmm. we have the end number, Breakaway. Um, and I think that's all of them. I think there is the obvious choice, which I am going to choose. Don't rain on my parade. Yes. I Yes. It is obviously the best number of the episode it, it is and the only thing that's like kind of sad for me about that is that like a lot of the oh sorry i forgot my lovin by Artie and tina but Whatever. yeah like 
they're all the numbers this episode are actually pretty well done like obviously they're all well done but like they're also mostly pretty fitting and like all like really fun to watch but i have to i also have to give it to don't rain on my parade it's just so good like uh, and uh. like it's 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 the perfect insult yes. to injury yes. you know yes and entering from the house Going- in the same yes. fashion as Rachel, just like putting her arms out, almost doing her best Rachel Berry impression, but better. Exactly. Like, like she's stealing Rachel's oh choreography. She's like, but she's infusing it with that fun Santana, like, like, I don't know, in your faceness where she like gets up on the desk and like boops the whole cake yeah. on the nose. Like, oh my God, it's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, finally, we're going to rate the episode yes. with slushies. Sam, oh, I need yes. to go first. <laughs> uh, I am going to throw no slushies at this episode. You, you know I'm right there with you. This episode gets zero out of five slushies because it's fucking incredible. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, seriously, I, I know we tell people not to watch Glee, but like, this and the last two episodes. Season five is, am- is amazing. Yeah, seriously. You don't even have to watch the beginning of season five. Just start with Puppet Master and keep going. Because, like, the Christmas episode was f- amazing. This episode is f- fucking fire. Fucking incredible. It's so good. Like, and again, I know this doesn't jive with our show name. But holy shit, these episodes are actually really, really good. <laughs> and we have to be intellectually honest. Yes. You know? Like... like these are just like really yeah. good. <laughs> like, and I just, I guess it's Glee's Renaissance or something. Cause like, it's mm. just, uh, I, I really hope this keeps going also. Like, and I know, I yeah, know. there has to be a reason why they only got half a season for season six. Like, and it's probably cause, yeah. I mean, probably viewership. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so yeah. low. Uh, and that's really a shame, but we can't fix what happened in 2014. Yeah. Uh, and with that, let's close the episode. You can hit us up at our Twitter or uh, email. The Twitter is SNM The Instagram is the same. And the email is SNM at gmail.com. You can hit us up with longer form thoughts there. We love hearing stuff from the inbox. Uh, if you want to check out some bonus content, you can head over to our Patreon page. That That's SNM Hakely. Uh, you can just search that on the Patreon uh, search engine, or you can do the slash SNM Hakely. That'll find it too. And uh, we donate most of those uh, Patreon subscription donations to donating ourselves. Right now, it's to the Trans Law Center. Yes. Um, Yeah. And so just to give a quick shout out to some of the people that uh, have reached out to us on Twitter. Um, Thank you to... Let me just make sure I get the other one here. Um, Brandon and... I want to, I'm going to slaughter this one, I'm sure, but, uh, Vincente, um, for letting us know about Life Size 2, um, oh, which, shit. yeah, no, don't worry, <laughs> I, 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 I threw them your way also on Twitter if you have a chance to check them out, but, like, there is a Life Size 2, so, um, good for us to know. Apparently, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan's not in it, but, uh, Tyra is, so. That's, yeah, that's not really what's important to me. <laughs> so, um, also, thanks to uh, Audrey and Lucas for um, letting us know. Uh, apparently, it's our we, we've hit 100 episodes. 
um, of our podcast. So that's that's fun. Um, and also, uh, yeah, um, apparently the Glee fandom thinks that the puppets episode is one of the worst episodes of the show. What? But um, what? on the plus side. They can leave. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't mean it. Stay. I, I love you, but also, come on, like, lighten up a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, yeah, just thank you to everyone who reaches out to us, um, and, uh, yeah, we really, we really appreciate it. Um, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so happy, though, because, like, seriously, like, these are some of the best episodes that Glee has made, and it's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and it, it's, like, there's actual intention yes. in the plot lines and artistic choices. Yes. What? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> unfortunately, I did read the little snippet for next week's episode, and it sounds like we might be getting some bullshit about some characters we don't like. But that episode is season five, episode ten, trio. So we'll see if we if we can keep this streak going. Ooh. But group sex is that what is that what's I mean, gonna happen? Maybe. <laughs> Um, but until then, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie. And we hate Glee.